Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. We all know about the tariff war that has gone on between Canada and the U.S. Well, the U.S. and other countries, but obviously our main concern is what's happening here in this country. And uh, when the U.S. president put tariffs on Canada, Canada responded, as we know, with retaliatory tariffs. And uh, latest numbers indicate here that our country has taken in about $300 million from those tariffs on U.S. imports. But that's, uh, that's not the real story. The real story has to be the impact it's going to have on you, me, consumers. Ian Lee joins us from the Sprott School of Business at Carleton University to give us, a, I think, a more accurate depiction of exactly how this is going to impact us. Ian, thank you for uh, being with us today. Great to have you on the program again. My pleasure, Bill. I, I look at the headline here. This is why you need to read beyond the headlines. Uh, Canada takes in almost $300 million from retaliatory tariffs. Uh, that's the money that's going to the government. As you've talked about in the past with us, yeah. the, if this is going to have an impact on us, that's what we should be concerned about as consumers. You're absolutely right. I've been critical at the very beginning, not because I'm some kind of a supporter of Donald Trump. I mean, what he's doing is, is unjustified. His understanding of trade is wrong. I've said that over and over. But my criticism of the Canadian government for doing this is this is not going to change Donald Trump's behavior by one iota or one dollar. In fact, Donald Trump and the Americans are not paying these retaliatory tariffs. They are falling on you and me and Canadian consumers. That's why the Canadian Department of Finance is collecting the money, not the U.S. Treasury. The Canadian Ministry of Finance has collected almost $300 million, a third of a billion dollars in only two months. This is nothing other than a tax increase on Canadians because we're angry at Donald Trump. And I don't understand, I really don't, because I'm, I'm a simple person, you know. I'm from the real world, and I can count money. I'm a former banker. And if Donald Trump's not paying the $300 million, and Canadians are, how can we possibly can con ourselves or convince ourselves that we're sticking it to Donald Trump when we're not? We're sticking it to ourselves. We're, we, are, we are penalizing ourselves for Donald Trump's behavior. And that is just simply, I think, upside down and backwards. Well, let me give you some other numbers. I know you've seen this, but for the sake of our listening audience, uh, U.S. Customs and Border Protection has uh, indicated right now that uh, the United States has assessed duties worth about $1.8 billion on steel imports and $535 million on aluminum imports from suppliers around the world. Uh, and so, uh, the numbers are obviously bigger because we're talking about U.S. But yeah. the reality here is, that, as you say, those are the companies that are paying that. It's it's not the government. It's, this is money that's going to accrue to the government, but it's not going to help any, the companies. It's not going to help us. Exactly. And I will be just as critical of Donald Trump for imposing those tariffs as I was of Canada. Tariffs, and we've known this for 300 years in economic theory, Nobel Prizes have been awarded in trade theory, including to Paul Krugman, the famous Paul Krugman at Princeton and the New York Times columnist. And we know that when you liberalize trade and reduce the barriers, in plain English that means reduce the tariffs, everybody prospers on both sides. And that's why trade liberalization has been so popular in the last 30 years. So what we're doing... Now, on both the American side and the Canadian side, is exactly contrary to what we've known for a very long time from both theory and practice, that tariffs are a very bad idea. They discriminate against the consumer, and they reduce economic growth. And there's no way around that spinning that. You know, it's just a bad policy, whether it's American governments doing it or Canadian governments or German governments. It's just plain bad. And, and the faster we can get out of this trap that we're in, the better it is for all of us.
I got to ask you something that uh, this is a comment from Bill Morneau, the finance minister, when he was asked about this three hundred million dollars that uh, that has been collected so far. He says he wants to disperse that to some of the affected businesses that that are going to be uh, well have already been impacted by this, obviously, and and yeah. and try to alleviate some of their pain. Uh, isn't that contrary to the trade agreements we already have? I mean, that's that's bonusing, and, and that's that's one of the things that's holding up the NAFTA deal, isn't it? Absolutely right. I mean, this is it's becoming more and more bizarre, the logic. So, you know, we're, going, we're charging tariffs that don't work because they fall on Canadians because we want to punch Donald Trump in the eye. And now we're saying we're going to give it back to firms uh, for not competing, uh, and, and, which is still going to come out of the pockets, by the way, of consumers. It doesn't mean that suddenly that money flows back into my pocket and your pocket. So the companies, they are going to enhance the profitability if they're profitable. And if they're losing money, well, then they're going to help them make less losses. But it doesn't help you and I. The ultimate economics has always been about the ultimate consumer. And this does not profit or benefit the ultimate consumer, which is all of us. One iota, not one iota. If you know, sell your subsidized, sell your subsidizing producers. What does that produce? What does that achieve? What does that accomplish in terms of raising the standard of living, raising economic growth? It doesn't. It does not. It sounds good politically. I mean, I don't dispute that they're doing that for political optics to show that they're, quote, doing something. But it isn't really going to have any effect at all. Companies exist not to collect subsidies. They exist to make products and services that you and I want to buy. That's, it's called market economy. And this is not, this is just piling one bad policy on top of another bad policy. In other words, we are doubling down on bad policies. Well, and there's a, there's another element that concerns me in this situation. Even if the government does move forward on this and say, okay, we're going to help out, uh, well, we just had a steel uh, meeting here on uh, last Friday here in Hamilton with members of the steel industry and members of the federal and provincial governments talking about a strategy uh, you know, going forward. Yeah. But if they're going to offer money to people like that, uh, are they doing it on the premise that, well, if we help out these companies, they'll pass that down into it to the consumer? That's, that's a, the most elementary tr- of trickle-down economics, and we know that doesn't work. Exactly. Exactly. And it doesn't enhance the competitiveness of the firm. At the end of the day, firms, and I'm saying this, you know, just for your listeners, I want to remind them, I'm not just an ivory tower professor. I worked for 10 years in banking. I lent millions of dollars to real world entrepreneurs and real world companies. And companies only succeed in the long run if they are competitive. That is to say, they make a good product or a good service that you and I want to buy. And making them fat and lazy by getting, becoming dependent on government subsidies does not make our companies stronger. It makes them weaker. And this is not the way we should be going. I mean, if he was going to do something else, I don't know, retraining workers, I mean, I would support that if you wanted to spend the money on something. But just giving money to companies uh, is not going to make them more competitive and stronger in the marketplace. It's going to weaken them. And we have known this for a long time. There's just tons and tons of economic studies showing this. You know, as I said, if he wants to spend the money, he could give it as a rebate back to consumers through a tax cut. He could cut the, you know, I don't know, cut the GST or cut uh, personal income tax rates. Or he could put it into retraining. Uh, programs for people who have lost their jobs. That would be far more productive and useful than just simply giving it to the producers who are not producing because of the tariffs. We haven't really seen the full impact of these tariffs on the consumers yet, have we? That's $300 million in two months. That's not for the 12 months. We normally talk, when we talk government budgets, we talk on an annualized basis, understandably so. What's so shocking about this number 
it's basically two months. So let's annualize the number. Well, <laughs> six, okay, two months out of 12, that's, there's six times to go. Six times 300 million is almost $2 billion is going to be sucked out, vacuumed out of the economy, out of the pockets of consumers, which is money they're not going to be spending on additional purchases of goods and services from private companies in the business world, which creates jobs. So this is a tax cut, a tax increase by any uh, way you cut, slice and dice it. And we know that tax increases are, are going to slow down growth, just as tax cuts in recessions increase growth. Tax increases slow down growth. So what we're doing is we're increasing interest rates for reasons I do understand, and now we're increasing taxes on top of that. So we're going to be really slowing down the economy. And I just don't think that's a prudent and wise um, a decision or direction in which to go. And, and you've got to wonder, if this looks like a bleak picture, just how much more bleak is it going to get? Because uh, even the steel companies, for instance, who are the, obviously the, the, the targets of what's going on now here on this side of the border anyway, are, are telling us that it hasn't really had the, uh, a, a big impact yet because, I mean, they're still filling orders that were given before yeah. this whole thing started. Exactly. But the longer this goes on, the worse this is going to get. Of course. I mean, if they want to do something bold and dramatic, Mr. Morneau and uh, Mr. Tr- Prime Minister Trudeau, why don't they announce we're willing to meet Donald Trump anywhere, anytime, no conditions, and get rid of all tariffs on both sides. 100% tariffs gone. Now, there's a bold dramatic stroke. Instead of this picking winners and losers and, you know, I'm going to give you as the Minister of Finance because I like to give out checks and get my picture taken, you know, on the local news uh, with the, the owner of the company who's getting the check, who's going to turn down a check for, you know, a million or five million or ten million. Nobody is. Nobody's that crazy. I wouldn't either, by the way. But we shouldn't be giving them out in the first place. They should be saying, let's come up with a much better strategy. Let's get back to the negotiating table and do something. Let's not get bogged down on dairy. Let's talk about something, a really bold stroke, the complete elimination of all tariffs on both sides. And, you know, it's not such a crazy idea. Milton Friedman, the late Milton Friedman at University of Chicago, very famous Nobel Prize winner, uh, frequently advocated that. He said countries should just unilaterally uh, eliminate all, their, all of their tariffs because he says it'll benefit their own consumers. To that point, though, Ian, and I think a lot of people here are assuming that, uh, that if we can strike some sort of a NAFTA deal, that this is all going to go away. There, to my knowledge, uh, is no assurance at all that even if we strike a NAFTA deal, these tariffs are going to be lifted. The president's never said he was going to do that, and uh, I haven't heard anybody suggest that. I, I don't even know if that's on the table. That's exactly what scares me and really frightens me. It should be on the table. Now that we're at the, the 11th hour or whatever we're at, we should not just be, you know, I read the papers this morning yet again, and they said it's down to two issues, uh, a dispute mechanism and a dairy, a supply management. And I was screaming at the paper, what about all the tariffs? Why aren't they on the table? Why aren't we saying, Mr. Trump, take these tariffs away, and here's what we're going to offer you in exchange. We want all those tariffs off the table, all of them, not some of them, all of them. Newsprint, aluminum, steel, 100% tariffs gone, gone, gone. And they're not even talking this. I don't even know if they're thinking it. 
because they're certainly not tweeting it. They're certainly not mentioning these words about the elimination of all tariffs. They just seem to have resigned. Maybe they like the revenues coming in because government politicians do like money because, you know, it allows them to spend it and show it to the voters that they're doing something. And maybe that's it. Uh, but uh, it's not the way to go. They should be much, provide much more bold leadership and say, we want to put tariffs on the table, the elimination of tariffs on the table, and then we can talk about what we're willing to give up to you and what you can, uh, you know, whether you can go along with this deal or not. Haven't you seen this in the past, though? When, when there's an imposition of tariffs, that it becomes the new normal, yeah. and, and we and, and we and just kind of accept it. Well, it's you know, yeah, they're sticking it to us, but that's the way life is. That's what, as I said, that's what frightens me that it's going to become embedded very quickly, and then people will say it. I mean, the policymakers, when I say people, and the ministers of finance and prime ministers will just shrug and say, "Well, that's just the way it is," and that's not true. It isn't just the way it is. It isn't like the, you know, the sun and the moon and the stars and, and you know, summer going into fall and then into the winter. You know, it's not like that. These are decisions by people, real people. And just as these decision makers can make these decisions to impose these tariffs, they can just as easily, or I don't shouldn't say easily, but just as readily, uh, remove these tariffs. And yet I don't hear any uh, public... Uh, uh, you know, communication saying it's in our national interest to get all of these tariffs off the backs of our consumers as quickly as possible because they're going to drag down the economy. In your experience, you've been in this game a long time. Has anybody ever won with tariffs? Has anybody ever benefited? Any country at all? No. no. And I, I believe me, I've read tons of studies. And, you know, people can say, oh, well, you know, they're just people that support corporations. I have read studies by ministers of finance. <laughs> I, the OECD, which is, a, which is run and funded by the governments of the West, uh, have published studies on this. The IMF, these are completely objective, nonpartisan organizations. They're not political at all. They're staffed by economists. There's been elite uh, universities in the United States, the Harvards, the Stanfords, the Chicagos, have done study after study showing this, that tariffs drag down the economy, which is why for the last 30, 40 years, through the GATT, which then became the WTO, the World Trade Office, the goal has been for half a century or more the reduction, the steady reduction of tariffs, because we know they hurt the economy on both sides. They slow down the economy, they lead to less growth, and less jobs for everybody. And that's why we've been through successive rounds of, of, uh, of uh, negotiations with the uh, international, all the countries that are members of the WTO. The goal, as I said, has been to reduce, reduce, reduce the tariffs. And now we're going against everything we know. We're going against every study I've ever read that says that tariffs are bad. And this is not about throwing out government regulators and refusing to regulate, because I get this sort of canard, but people say, oh, you just don't want anything regulated. This has nothing to do with regulation. You can continue to regulate the safety of food and the safety of pharmaceuticals and, and so on without tariffs. You don't need tariffs to regulate, to do the, the regulatory function that governments do, whether it's regulating banks or regulating the financial markets or regulating the uh, production of automobiles in terms of their safety or regulating children's cribs. You can continue to do all of that without tariffs. All tariffs does is slow down the economy and drag it down. And, and it's paid for by our own people. That's what's so shameful about this. We're punishing ourselves to poke Donald Trump in the eye, and we're not hitting Donald Trump's eye. We're hitting our own eyes. Ian Lee of the Sprout School of Business. As always, Ian, thanks so much for this. Appreciate it. Thanks very much, Bill. Take care. That's, that's the paradox, isn't it? I mean, they, they talk about negotiating free trade deals, but they keep the tariffs in place. Ridiculous. 
The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.